Well, you know, it was, uh, gosh, it was um, four weeks ago that I introduced Larry Kayser and we started this gospel marriage uh, series that uh, we're wrapping up today. Um, I told you it would be different. Remember, I said, it's gonna be different how we do this and that the focus would be upon a particular topic. Normally, we're through books of the Bible. Uh, Larry and Ann have done just an amazing job in, in, in walking us through not just gospel marriage, but, but relationships, have they not? It's, it's been so good. Uh, Lindsay and I will wrap that series up today and you're gonna have to wait a moment to go, Lindsay who? Like, what, what's Lindsay doing up there? Well, I'll introduce her in a moment. I wanna do something very, I'm gonna do it quicker than I did it earlier if I can. I wanna give us a quick preview of, of where we're going, okay? So we're wrapping up this gospel marriage uh, series this morning. Um, if, if you haven't noticed, more of us are, are gathered as we move toward the fall, and that's normal in the fall. You know, with COVID, there's some restrictions and stuff, but normally in the fall, there's a bump in attendance, and, and that's coming. It's why we're talking about serving and service. Um, but it, it, it's, it's a great time for us to go beyond the, you know, the cultural, you know, we live in the South, you go to church, beyond the cultural reason we go to the biblical reason for our gathering. And so I want you to know over the next two weeks, we're gonna do two messages answering this question, why we gather and root it in the biblical mandate. You know what I'm saying? Not the kind of Southern cultural mandate for why we gather. It, it's, it's, that, it's that important. And then beginning on August 15th, we will begin a verse-by-verse verse Bible exposition through the book of Philippians. I've got a picture up here, the book of Philippians, that everyone's gonna get one of these, so more on this coming. Um, but you remember we got this for Colossians, so, so this will come your way. You can make notes in it. We, we love having these for you. Um, you know, when I say Philippians, most people, the word that comes to, to, to most people's minds inappropriately is the word joy. It's the book of joy. Now, here's what I want to prepare you for. Biblical joy cannot be separated from a profound biblical commitment. And that's what Philippians does as we walk through it. Now it's only four chapters, but lo and behold, we will be in it through January of 2022. So it'll take us a while to move through the book of Philippians. This morning, you know, we started in Proverbs. I wanna get us, we're gonna end in Proverbs. I'm just gonna give you two very quick Proverbs to think about before I uh, introduce and, and get to Lindsay and what we're gonna be doing. Turn to your Bibles if you have them to Proverbs chapter three, verses 13 and 14. If you don't, I'm gonna put these up on the screen. Proverbs 3, 13 and 14. Solomon writes, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Flip over a page to Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. This is the NIV, I think it captures it. I like the phrasing of the NIV better here than the ESV. Uh, it says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it cost you all that you have, get understanding. Now, I want you to notice in those two Proverbs, he takes the most precious things of their day, gold, silver, and jewelry, jewels, you know, it's tremendous value. And he, and he puts it up against uh, wisdom, 
And it's not that these things aren't valuable and he doesn't diminish them and to say they're worthless, they're of tremendous value. But what he does is when he puts it in contrast with wisdom, gold, silver, and jewelry, may I say it this way? They're like gravel. They're just mineral, they're stones compared to wisdom. So much so that he would say this, if it costs you everything, get wisdom. That's the call of Proverbs. We spent some time in that earlier in the summer. We're actually kind of landing there um, uh, this morning because of this. Knowledge is not wisdom. Uh, knowing right from wrong is not wisdom. Knowing your Bible, like you know your Bible, that, that, that doesn't mean you're wise biblically. It doesn't mean you possess wisdom. Wisdom biblically is, it's biblical truth in action. It, it's, it's the truth, all the truth that God has revealed to us lived out by the choices you make, the words you say, the counsel that you give others. Um, which brings me to why Lindsay Castleman sits with me this morning as we wrap up this series on biblical marriage and relationships. There's not a person in the room, I don't think, I say, when I say that, I don't think I'm exaggerating, um, who, who does not at times find, I know the biblical answer, I can't, I just can't do it. You know, now we know we can't do anything apart from the power of the spirit, but we struggle to do what we know is, is right. You know, I know the doctrines, I know the truth, I know, I know what I ought to do, but, but there's just this resistance and we just get stuck, you know? Um, I personally have hit that wall a number of times in my own spiritual journey. I've shared with, with you often and of, of times when I've just got in the ditch. And here's the thing, you guys, I, 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 I don't, don't think it's lost on me. I teach the Bible. <laughs> I, I've been to seminary, you know, I, I've, I've sought to walk with Christ for almost four decades. And then I hit these spots and I go, I'm stuck. Mm. How, how can I be stuck? I know so much. <laughs> well, because of the fall, all of us come into this fallen world with, with fallen hearts. We're broken. And, and whether it's because of things we do and think, or things done to us, our, our hearts just get in a wad and either get calloused or we'll talk about here in a moment, we talk about a lot, broken, disintegrated, there's dissonance within our soul, there's trouble. Think about our, our, our uh, series on kingdom below the waterline. You know, what's really going on inside of us is a mess. And um, thankfully, God has gifted people, not only gifted them, but they've taken the time to train and, 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 and be equipped and develop the skill uh, of caring for uh, people's hearts, the inner world of a human being. Uh, in the same way, you know, I had, a, I had an annual physical this last week, Burton Sanders, you know what? He's been to a lot of school. He's seen a lot of patients. He understands the, 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 the science and the art of, of medicine and health. Y'all, God has gifted humanity, quite frankly, because that's beyond the church even, with those who've trained to help us navigate our hearts, you know, when we can't unravel it and figure some of these things out. Um, and that's what uh, God has given us in someone like Lindsay Castleman. Now, 
Lindsay and Kevin are longtime members of fellowship, and you go, I've never seen her. You know, <laughs> where'd you come from? No, they've been members for a long time. I'll let her talk about that in a, for, in a moment. But um, it, it, it was a two-year process, and then 10 months ago, we went, the elders went to Lindsay and asked her if she would step into the role as, as the director of our counseling center. And so we'll talk about what that means here in a moment. But she has, under the under the, el- under the eldership, she has revamped, re-envisioned how we approach and how we, what we offer in terms of our, our church community and even our community-wide um, in the area of uh, counseling and, and therapy. So, Lindsay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself to your church family who okay. many do not know you, and then, then we'll talk about the, the counseling center. So, Sounds personally, good. tell us about yourself. Sure. Hi, my name is Lindsay Castleman, and I am currently a licensed marriage and family therapist, Um, but a little bit just about my family. We have been going here for about 12 years now, so it's it's been a good little while. And my husband and I have been married for 17 years last Saturday. So 17 years on the 17th. Mm-hmm. It's our golden anniversary. And then we dated seven before that. So there's a lot of sevens in there, which I guess is a good number. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and good then, number. yeah, I've heard, I've heard. Um, and then we have a six-year-old son who we adopted. And we honestly, we could not have been able to adopt him without fellowship. That's a whole other story in itself, but we're thankful to be parents to him. We're glad mm-hmm. for your whole family. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about, because uh, this is new, we know this is new for many of us, but we've always, not always, but we've had a counseling center for some time operating under different rubrics or philosophies, et cetera. We've revamped that, and mm-hmm. Lindsay has revamped that under the elders' leadership. So, Lindsay, tell us about the counseling center, what, what we're doing there, and why, and how it aligns with our mission. Sure. So over, I don't know if you guys know where the Concord House is, but right next to it, there is a building. It used to be the Concord House's garage, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is now, well, it has been a counseling center. And so we've been able to take those four rooms. There's four counseling rooms and a group room. And we now have 13 therapists that office out of there. So they um, see people day, evening, weekends. We have therapists that specialize with women and couples. That's my area is women and couples, um, men, couples, families, teens, kids. So kind of the gamut. We have a play therapy room there as well. Yeah. Um, y- y'all, when she says that, please know, think about that tying back to our mission and values. We, what, what are we about? We're helping. Our mission is help you follow Jesus with your whole heart. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about this morning that you know the heart, it guard your heart for from it flow the wellsprings of life. Um, recognizing that as a community of faith, we are committed, passionate about following Jesus with the whole heart. We recognize it's gonna stir up things in many of us that we need a little bit of help to move past maybe some roadblocks mm-hmm. even we'll talk about here. And so the elders, you know, asked Lindsay to develop that counseling center in such a way. I love this that, you know, you can see a therapist at night on Saturday and Sunday. Because oftentimes, you know, if I'm talking to someone, say, I think it'd be helpful if you sat with a therapist. They go, well, great. When when can I go? Because I work all day and I'm at home at night, you know. But you're offering it Mm -hmm. in that way and offering specialties to our body for particular needs that you may have. I'm 100% stoked mm-hmm. about it and God's gift to you and those, those members. Now, those, those counselors are not on our staff. Lindsay is on our staff. She's the director of the center. She hires and oversees those therapists. Lindsay, talk just yeah. finally, just a little technical thing for you all. If they want to, if they want to step into a time of 
uh, therapy and counseling and how, sure. does, how do you pay for it? What's sure. the cost? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. Well, a little bit of the dream too behind the Counseling Center. One is obviously to help the body, to help the community. But then also, I mean, really and truly, to be a Christian therapist, you know, in today's time is not always as welcome. Um, there's a lot of pushback. And so we also just wanted to find therapists that love the Lord, right? That are not afraid to talk about that in the counseling center or in the counseling room. And so what you'll know is if you go to, and you'll see it on the paper that's in front of you guys, um, at the bottom, if you go to counselingatfellowship.com, you can see all of our therapists there. And all of the therapists there align with Fellowship's mission with their values as well. You'll be able to see uh, what population they see, when they're available, and if you fill out the form, um, you'll also see what their fee is. Um, and every therapist has a sliding scale. So if that fee looks a little daunting, that's okay. You can inquire about a sliding scale. And then if you're a Fellowship member, uh, Fellowship also offers a benevolence, right? So that's if you need it, they offer even more on top of that for a Fellowship member. So it's uh, really affordable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, we're going to dive in and um, uh, we're coming out, we're, we're, we're wrapping up a series on gospel marriage, gospel relationships. You know, Larry, and Ann, Larry started off kicking off around the myths of marriage. Uh, then he went into the purpose of marriage, the glory of God. Um, and then Larry and Anne, his wife, spent the last two weekends with us walking through, you know, repentance and forgiveness. And uh, then last week, intimacy. And they stir, you know, they raise some questions, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that what Lindsay and I would like to do in particular is, is, is talk about what's going on in us when those issues arise and what are some practical steps we, we need to be aware of to take to bring the gospel and the reality and the fullness of Jesus to, to our whole heart. So with that, Lindsay, you have seen hundreds of people over the years. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna let you just kind of pick up and, and talk about kind of the, the, the big picture of some of the issues that you see or the fundamental challenge within, within folks that you're helping them navigate. Sure. Um, so a big thing that I see and really is something I've started to become more and more passionate about is that sometimes, especially within marriages and even within, I mean, parents to children, but just, just in relationships in general is that we have a hard time really and truly being with each other. And what that means is in the verse that I've really honed in on is Romans 12, 15, and it talks about, we wanna rejoice with those who are rejoicing. We want to mourn or suffer with those who are suffering. And so starting to pull out that with word, the word with, what does it look like to actually be with somebody who's rejoicing, to be with somebody who's suffering, right? Who's, who's having some trouble internally. And so here's what I've found. So I'm gonna, bear with me, I'm gonna write on the board. Yeah. Um, so here is what we have found is that even from when, when we're born, right? When, when we um, come into the world, we come into the world already reaching, right? You see a little kid being born and you're like, whoo, they are communicating to us already, right? Crying, they need something. Um, something's going on. They wanna be fed, they wanna be held, right? They, they're reaching out, they're reaching out. And they're reaching out with needs, they're reaching out with emotions, right? We're reaching out with all of these things here. And then what we have found is that as people start to 
um, really develop relationships. They've even found as early as, as four months, um, we can start to develop within our brains just these dendrites that really start to say, ooh, okay, this is what relationship is like, uh, which is kind of crazy. But in this place, what we'll start to see is, is that maybe at some point, um, we start to reach and nobody's there. Um, there were some people who went to some orphanages overseas. They went into the rooms where all the babies were and it was silent, right? Why was it silent? Because they knew crying would not get a response, right? And so they learned that the cry out, right? To actually, to need to reach out is not necessary. It, it doesn't do a return, right? So what they did, they, they stopped that. They knew it wouldn't happen. And so as we get into relationships that maybe we've reached out, we didn't get reached back. Uh, maybe there are things that have happened that are traumatic uh, within relationships. And again, trauma is not only what happened to us, things that happened to us, but also it can be things that never happened that should have, right? And so as this starts to develop and starts to happen, what we see is that within our heart here, we could start to, like the, the babies in the orphanage, they can start to kind of tuck those desires and those needs away. Why cry? Why reach out? You know, um, nobody's gonna answer it. Or the emotions, right? We can start to, to put those away. Um, it was about a year ago on Facebook, I just said, hey, how were your caregivers with your heart? Like, what, what did they do? Like, if you were to say one word, what's one word that would describe the relationship between your caregivers and your heart? Um, and there were some that were great. It was like, ooh, affirmed, connected to, all of those great words. But the majority would say, they, they did. They said dismissed, uh, ignored, told to stop. Um, so there was a lot of places in here where it was like, ooh, okay, so we can start to see why show up kind of with this part of our heart because mm -hmm. it will be told to stop, it'll be dismissed, it'll be ignored um, it, or, or neglected in some way, right? They're too busy, they didn't even have time for me. Um, so what we start to see here is that we're gonna have parts of our heart that become in pain, right? Parts of our heart that we've gotta tuck away and so what we do to, to kind of protect ourselves from that pain is that we start to develop kind of these like guards. There are ways to guard your heart. There are ways to survive whatever the relationships are. Um, and so with these ways that we survive, what we start to learn and see is that we might actually, in relationship, we might actually start to operate out of these. This is what we operate out of. So let's say, um, you know, there's, there's a couple and growing up, kind of the family message was more like, oh, um, we value logic, we value being right, we value staying in line, right? Black and white, right and wrong. So he develops a very, or she develops a very strong way to guard their heart through logic, right? If I show up in relationship with my family in logic, man, like, I'll be accepted, mm -hmm. it'll be okay, it won't be painful. And then let's say here's someone else, um, maybe their family message was like, ooh, like, we always have to make sure it's like others first, not us, others first, not us, you know? So we move into this place of people-pleasing. Mm. Um, there's so many, there can be, uh, maybe we can have, oh, I wrote on here, 
we can have someone who can show up as a taskmaster, right? So they're all, if you already probably thought right now of like, hey, what are you gonna do for lunch after this? And if right now, if you're sitting here and you're like, hmm, what else am I doing for the rest of the day? You probably have a really strong taskmaster um, mm-hmm. in you. Uh, but then we can also have different things we can numb out. Um, there's You'd so many. The, the problem solver, which yes, I think we've somebody got can relate. Problem solver kind of the fixer, right, Mm -hmm. the fixer. Uh, We might show up in um, just really being anxious, you know, kind of in that way of, um, ooh, like things can be really scary or really big or just kind of feel, ooh, out of control, you know? And so what you can start to see in relationship and what can happen is, is like, let's say these two get together. You know, so you've got the one who is super logical and the people pleaser, right? So the people pleaser might show up and be like, oh, hey, uh, I don't feel like something's going on, don't feel that great, you know, or, or I, I don't know, they'll show up and say, ooh, I wanna talk to you about something. The logic person might be like, don't worry, I've got this, let's sit down, let's come up with a five-step plan, right? You know, or maybe here's the anxious person coming and saying, oh my gosh, I'm scared about this, or oh my gosh, this is happening, you know, ooh, it feels so big. And then the problem solver, the fixer is like, hey, you know, like, maybe you should go get that looked at, you know? Um, Right, I mean, there's, there's all of these kind of things that can happen here that we can start to go, oh man, okay, now we're operating out of these places. But what happens here when we operate out of these places is these parts of us right here stay tucked away. Like they stay, um, in a way, the best word for it is that they stay unknown. You know, and so what happens here is that we're not actually knowing each other's hearts in this place. We're not actually being with each other's hearts. We're kind of being with these things that guard our hearts, Mm. right? Now, these things that guard our hearts are not bad. Um, We kind of talked about it before, Lloyd, I think you asked last time, like, okay, but these can be good. Yeah, these are great. Like we need them in our job. You know, if my house was on fire, right? And my, my firefighter, you know, the fireman came in and was just like, I don't know if I can fight this fire right now. You know, like <laughs> I am just like beside myself because my son wouldn't listen to me. You know, I'd be like, get it together, man, go fight the fire, you know? <laughs> and so I think there's something in that, right? Where like we need these things. And a lot of times these things are praised, right? Like they're praised in work. They're valuable in work. We need them. We needed them somewhere in relationship. But the thing is, is in the relationship of marriage, right? The relationship where we really need to be known. We really long to be known. We actually need to start to look at these and go, oh my goodness, I'm showing up in these ways. So what happens is, is if I always show up in logic, right? Then maybe I have no idea what's happening in here for me. I have no idea what's happening. So if my spouse is coming to me with what's happening in them, I'll have no idea how to be with it because I can't even be with myself in it, Mm. right? And so that's going to be really difficult. And so it's going to feel lonely. You know, people have said, I am in a relationship, I am in a marriage, but I am still lonely. Yes, that makes sense, right? Mm. Because we're not engaging from this place. We're engaging from this place, right? And these places don't allow ourselves to actually be wholehearted and be fully known. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it can be painful. And what we can see is we can take these, right? If we start to relate to others in this way, then we can start to take this and go, 
I'm kind of doing it this way, imagine God up here. You know, we can also start to then do these same things with our relationship with God, right? Mm. And so to actually be able to experience His living presence, right? To actually be able to experience Him with us is gonna be a lot harder Right, because we might be trying to experience God through logic, through fixing, numbing, right? These are, or people pleasing, any of these ways is the way we might start to even try to experience Mm God. Uh, Talk for a moment about, you know, and you guys remember we talked about below the waterline things. What's going on? What are your desires? What what, what are you, what are you feeling? You know, I've often, I've I've asked people what they're feeling and and not everyone, but you know, many times it's, it's like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm feeling. And by the mm-hmm. way, it doesn't matter what I'm feeling because the Bible says this, so it's all about faith. Mm-hmm. And, and when, we, when we do that, you know, we're missing, and, and you had mentioned it earlier, but we're actually missing God himself because we are made in the image of God, you all. This is old news for those who've been around fellowship a while to, to remind us. God himself has feelings and desires, and we are made in His image, and they're not bad. Right. But, but, I, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm hearing some, you know, kind of, kind of look, looking at this and kind of going, oh my gosh, we're talking about feelings again. Why don't we can stop talking about feelings and talk about the Bible? Well, um, y'all, pl- please hear me on this. We, I want you to talk about, yeah, I know. I want you to talk <laughs> about this because, for example, let's take the you had mentioned to me one time. Um, Lindsay sent Rob and I a, a note to say, here's some things that, that uh, we note, you know, I note in people um, that, uh, uh, you know, we work with on, on a pretty regular basis. And I just, I'm just gonna read what she had said to us. She said, most people's view of fear is far off. Now think about it, fear. Uh, what do you feel? You're afraid, a feeling. Most, of the peop- most people's view of fear is far off. They believe that having fear means they don't have faith. Mm-hmm. So... They reject fear, I'm not, gonna, I'm not afraid, realizing that, not realizing when we reject fear, it comes back bigger and stronger. Or anxiety, I'm anxious. Oh, the Bible says, don't be anxious. You know, I can't, rather than, I'm anxious. You know, that just, it's just a fact. I'm made in the image of God and have those feelings. Yeah. Unpack that a little bit, you know, kind of taking away the, what I think, quite frankly, is an unbiblical view of the heart yeah. and, and of feelings. Sure, sure. Well, and even as you said right there, Lloyd, at the very beginning, you're like, some people say, oh, I don't have feelings. When people come to my office, they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I feel. You know, I go, oh, I believe you. You know, I believe you because if we've been operating out of this place for so long, we don't know how we feel. I mean, it's still there. It's still driving, right? The, the relationship that the heart has here is that our emotions and desires are gonna drive our thoughts and our choices, right? The hope is, and what we wanna have is we wanna be sure that we're integrated, right? We wanna be sure that we're all integrated because otherwise we're going to have these desires and emotions kind of doing their own thing. We've got no idea. We've disconnected from them um, and they're driving our thoughts and our choices. And so I was telling a story, I'll probably tell it again now, but um, there yesterday when we were in the airport, there was a, um, there was a dad and uh, his daughter came up to him. She was, she was kind of distraught because he had like left her in the seats there. So she came up to him and she was like, ah, like, 
you left me, right? You left me sitting here all by myself, you know, and she was, she was upset. And then he looked at her and he was just like, um, okay, well, I guess it's all my fault, isn't it? It's just all my fault, you know? And of course I was like, ah, you know, like in this place where I'm like, ah, don't intervene, you know? Um, but so then, so, but in, so in this place, right? Like what's happening is, is he's got these thoughts, these choices that are coming out and that are kind of in a way they're wounding his kid, you know? And, but he's got no idea, right? He has no idea that that's what he's doing. He's just doing it. Right, But if we start to dig into, what's that resistance in him? Why is he coming up and being so like, no, don't, like, I can't take any blame. It can't be my fault, right? There's a story behind that. And there's usually a story behind that that's attached to a memory, that's attached to feelings that got neglected somewhere, right? So we're starting to kind of look through and go, oh man, there are these parts that got tucked away. And so that's why this dad is showing up like this. But unfortunately what happens is, is right, like we've got these emotions, we've got these desires when we're not connected to them. And then we show up in thoughts and choices that, you know, basically in these ways of protecting, they then end up wounding those that we love. And then they start to develop their own ways of protecting and guarding their heart. And then we bring that into marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. which is tough. And so then kind of to go to your next question, Lloyd, which is like, what is the power? Why, Why do we look at emotions? Why are they so important? Well, it's because the emotions that are in us, they're really are, they're God's emotions, right? And, and he places within us these feelings that he has, right? He knows these feelings because they're his. And so he knows what it's like to suffer with us because he has done that. He knows what it's like to be afraid because he has been there, you know, and he's been there with us in that. And so as we look into emotions, it's so important to know what our emotions are saying to us because they really are trying to give us a message. Now it is a message about us, right? Our emotions are telling us a message about us or not telling us a message about other people. You know, if I thought, Lloyd was a jerk to me, you know? And I was like, oh man, feels like Lloyd was a jerk to me. It doesn't mean he's a jerk, you know? It's just, that's what it felt like in the moment. So I've got to explore that. What happened? What boundary line was crossed? What was starting to come up within me? Because emotions are identity forming. I have so many people that come in that say, I don't know really who I am. Yes, it's because, right, these parts start to get cut off right? We're not in tune with this because the more we start to get to know, right? Oh, that feeling of hurt within me. Oh, that means somebody did something that actually wounded me, right? Like that hurt or anger. Anger is such a good emotion when it's healthy, when it's expressed in a healthy way. Um, But it's such a good emotion because it says, man, this is like what I like. This is what I don't like. Like it's boundary forming, And so we start to look guilt. Guilt's a beautiful emotion because guilt is starting to say, okay, I did something that's not really who I am, right? And so when I do something that's not who I am, I need to look at that. Why was I doing something that doesn't feel like that was me, right? I need to go own that. I need to go, I need to move into that. And that's a little bit too of kind of the first step, like as we look at practical things, right? That's the first step here in really starting to go, how do we show up? with the person that we love with our whole heart, you know, is that we move into awareness of what we've got here. 
how we're showing up to protect our hearts, how we're showing up to guard our hearts. And if you don't really know, just ask um, your spouse or ask your kids, they'll probably tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're doing, you know, in that place. But, it, but in, in all honesty, I think it's okay to say, what makes it hard for you to bring your whole heart to me? Right, like what maybe makes it difficult for mm-hmm. you to bring your whole heart to me? And then we've gotta be open to that feedback and open to looking at what do we do, like what are we doing here? You know, it's important to know, otherwise we are gonna hurt and we don't want to. What do we, what do, we do, Lindsay, mm-hmm. with, um, you know, that most, the most repeated command in the scripture. Do you know, y'all know what that is? Do not be what? Yeah, so uh-huh. I, often, I often hear that, yeah. you know, well, the Bible says don't be afraid. Yeah. So, so it's like, well, no, don't be afraid. Sure. And, and yet we're saying, no, you gotta be aware of, of when yeah. you're afraid. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a good answer to, what's the question of when, when you read, don't be afraid? I'd be like, the answer is keep reading. Um, mm-hmm. Don't stop, don't stop there. Don't put a period on it because it doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. You wanna keep reading. And as you keep reading, right, what God is saying to us is he's saying, fear not because I'm with you. Right, and here's that word with again, mm-hmm. right? Fear not because I am with you. You are going to fear, you are going to feel anxious. Things are going to feel more vulnerable within you, but know you're not alone, I am with you, right? And that's beautiful because what fear usually needs is it usually needs some sort of comfort. It needs a new story that says I'm not alone here. Um, Yesterday, my son was, we were in the pool, and when we were in the pool together, uh, he, he was like, will you, um, will you like dunk me and show me what it's like to be baptized, you know? <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, uh, all right. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not gonna like say that like buried in Christ with that, like I'm not gonna do that, you know? But I was like, yeah, sure. So, so held his nose, came back up. He's like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't so bad. I was like, I don't, did you think you were gonna die, you know? Um, and he's like, that wasn't so bad. And then he was like, well, I think, um, you know, I think it, like that would be okay. But I'm like afraid if I get on, if I like, if I get on the microphone, do I have to say something? You know, like do they, and I was like, yeah, fellowship. Fellowship has you say something into the microphone. And he was like, I don't wanna do that, that's scary. You know, I said, hey, it's all right, bud. And he goes, well, will you, like, will you be with me? Will you be right there with me? You know, and I was like, yeah, bud, I'll be right there with you. And then he was like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And so as you see that, that's a picture even for us, like that's a picture of, whoa, the power of feeling like somebody is with you in this, right? The fear starts to subside, the anxiousness starts to subside because we know we're not alone, Mm -hmm. right? And that is a huge, huge piece because really and truly we're not wired and we're not created to try to regulate our emotions by ourselves. We are actually wired and we are actually uh, supposed to co-regulate, right? Which means that what we wanna do is we wanna be able to bring our desires, our emotions, our thoughts, our choices, we wanna bring them even when they feel misaligned, when they feel all like chaos within us, we wanna be able to bring the them to somebody and that person be able to say, ooh, I see you, I'm with you in that, Mm -hmm. right? What's happening to you matters to me. And then that starts to regulate because we go, ooh, I'm not alone. You Mm -hmm. know, this is how we rejoice with people who are rejoicing, how we suffer with those who are suffering. Because if somebody who's suffering came to me and said, "Um, I'm suffering, I'm, you know, and I was like, ooh, you're suffering? 
well, let me give you the five, you know, all the stages of grief, just so you know what's coming, mm-hmm. you know, or let me, right? Like it's, if, if I kind of answer in all of these different ways, that's so different than coming next to them and saying, oh my goodness, tell me more about it, mm-hmm. right? Like I wanna know what's happening within you. It's a very different thing. And that's what we wanna be able to do. We wanna be able to start to be aware of these, um, which is a big thing. You guys have got a handout on there. Um, it's kind mm-hmm. of that first step. It's like, ooh, to be aware of what are these things that can guard your heart? Because when you're aware of them, then what we can do is we can ask God, we can say, search me, right? Know mm-hmm. me. Right, because in this place, we need to be able to start to own these. Because think about the dad in the airport. If he, even, even he, he had his little explosion, if he was able to then kind of go back to his daughter and just say, oh my gosh, like honey, I did that again. Right, like I did that thing again, where like I push away if I feel blame, I'm so sorry. Right, like, can you tell me? Can you tell mm-hmm. me again what was distressing in you? Right, like, what, what would happen? You know, he doesn't have to get it right the first time, you know, but at least to be aware and to go, oh, okay, I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna repair. And repair is huge, right? That's mm-hmm. how we're able to be with each other in this. And the mm-hmm. thing to note is we want to be able to have this open space We wanna be able to be with each other in thoughts, choices, desires, emotions. We wanna be able to be with each other in marriage in this place. And the thing that I do like to say too though is that in parenting, it is the parent's job to be with the kid's heart. It's not the kid's job to be with the parent's heart. And so that's the other thing to note is that that's a one way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not not a two way there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine some of the churning, you know, in, in your own hearts as we kind of touch on some of these. Um, it's why we've, it's got, why we've got a counseling center, why you have pastors, why you have group leaders, why we do wholehearted discipleship intensives. I want to bring us back uh, to, to, no pun intended, the heart of the matter. If you'll take your uh, communion cups, if you don't have them, you can go out and get one. I had to go out and get one myself earlier. Uh, or in the first service, but I want to bring us back to this. And Lindsay's done done such a great job of kind of like once again unpacking the the dissonance that happens in our hearts because of sin. And and this is intended. Whenever you see this, you know we always say the only thing that can bring the heart back together is the cross. You all just. It is the only thing that can redeem our hearts, that can bring our thoughts, emotions, desires, and choices back united. As the psalmist said, unite my heart to fear your name. It's, it, it's the gospel. Why? Because our greatest separation is our separation from God, is it not? Because of our sin. We were made, let's go back to Genesis, y'all. We were made to be, in your word, mm-hmm. with. We were made to be with God. Sin separates us from God. And sin separates us from our hearts and separates us from each other. It is only the gospel by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus through which he died for our sins, paying that penalty, through which he absorbed the wrath of God against sin on our behalf, was buried and rose again, and that we, when we say, Jesus, what you did, you did for me, See, only then our hearts are put back. We actually receive a new heart according to to the new covenant. We get a new heart. 
And it, the, 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 the life of faith, quite frankly, is what Lindsay said. It's we, we bring into every relationship all of, all of the, the outward shell, if you will, of the ways we function and we needed to function at times. But in Christ, right? It's in Christ that we can say, you know what? Problem solving, yeah, it's, that's a good thing. But I'll tell you what, when problem solving, any strength overextend, is overextended, it, it, I, I harm people with my problem solving, or I can. I need to bring my redeemed problem solving skills to be with in all relationships. And at the very center of that is the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And we've looked at it in a different way here, but I would suggest that all we're talking about up here is what it means to be more like Jesus. What does it mean to be, who was the most wholehearted human being on the planet who could empathize, who had compassion, who got angry, who hurt. He was, he was the God man. And in him, you see, and only in him, are we able to be with one another because we're, we're one in Christ. Let's take our cups and our, our, our bread. Let's take the bread off first. If you'll take it off the top, Lindsay and I will lead us in the receiving of these elements. And I'll talk about a song that we're gonna sing in response. Let's stand together with these elements, would you please? The body of Christ, the blood of Christ, symbolic in both of these, bread and the cup. The body of Christ broken for us is what Paul said and what Jesus said. And uh, Brian Yakabaski, our worship pastor at, at, at Franklin said this one day and I've always stuck with me and he, he breaks it before he takes it, which I think, what a wonderful picture. If you'd like, I invite you, break the bread. For it is the symbolic of the body of Christ, which was broken broken so that our brokenness can be made whole in him and him alone. Lord Jesus, for your body broken in this, in the celebration of this table, it takes us back and we remember the cross and we say, thank you for giving up your life for us. Receive the bread. In the same way, Jesus also poured out his blood he sacrificed for us so that there would be no blocks, no guards, right? Nothing mm -hmm. between us and him, mm -hmm. right? He wanted to be with us. That's his desire and it still is his desire that we're able to just enjoy and be able to be in his living presence. Mm -hmm. And so we wanna thank him for that. Father, thank you so much for your blood poured out, for your sacrifice, for your death um, mm -hmm. that you suffered so that that way while we are here on earth and as we also mourn and we also rejoice that you join us in both of those. Yes. We thank you, Father, just for the sacrifice. And so with me, if you could receive his sacrifice. All that we've talked about comes back to the cross. All that we talk about any Sunday comes back to Jesus. And so let's respond this morning having pondered a bit, what does it mean to be with? And 
Why is it that we're not with each other well? Let us be reminded it's on the basis of the gospel and the gospel alone that we can be with, intimate with God and intimate with each other. We're gonna sing these words that, that, that take us from, as literally from, from the grave to the garden, from death to life, that Jesus is the only one that satisfies the deepest desires of our hearts. Lift your voice this morning and let this be our praise and proclamation.